Welcome back to Defeat the Darkness. This is Vivian L. Miller. I'm here with C.J. Jones. And I was impressed with the Lord. We've had some other things going on. I haven't been able to meet consistently every week. But the last time we didn't meet, the Lord really worked, dealt with me. And we're going to be talking. We're, he already gave me the title of this, which is Back to the Basics. So, hey, Cheryl. Hey, how are you? Um, blessed, abundantly, highly favored, deeply loved of the Lord. And we're going mm -hmm. back to the basics. Amen. Let's do that. Um, it came to me this week because of something that, that my son was dealing with with some friends of his. It, it, the mm -hmm. Lord reminded me again. He said, this is why I want you to go back to the basics. Because he has some friends that are believers. Not all of his friends are, but these particular people are. And they have never been taught how to use the word as a, as a nation. They've never been taught the things that we take for granted. I mean, I've been studying this for so many years that I just take for granted that everybody knows we have a God. Mm -hmm. And I know we do, and you know we do, but there's a heck of a lot of people that have no idea. That's right. That we have a covenant with God. Yeah. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to start in Galatians three starting at verse 13 okay christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law being made a curse for us for it is written curses everyone that hangs on a tree that the blessing of abraham might come on the gentiles through the anointed one jesus that we might receive the promise of the spirit through faith verse 29 and if you be the in christ if you be the anointed ones, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Now, as I was reading that, the Lord said, explain what you do. When I read the word, I don't read it the way I just read it. I apply it to me. The okay. Bible is God speaking to me right. personally. Mm -hmm. So the way I read it, when I normally read it, is... Christ has redeemed me from the curse of the law, being made a curse for me. For it is written, curses everyone that hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through, it says Jesus Christ, but I always say Jesus the anointed one because that's what it means. Right. That I might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. And since I am the anointed ones, then I'm Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. There is nothing wrong with applying the word personally to yourself exactly it is actually the best way to begin to appropriate it for your own life would right. you read those, read those verses for me please and yours is it 13 14 and then 29 yes ma'am okay it says but christ has rescued us from the curse pronounced by the law when he was hung on the cross he took upon himself wrongdoing for it is written in the scriptures cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree through christ jesus god has blessed the gentiles with the same blessing he promised to abraham so that we who are believers might receive the promised holy spirit through faith and now that you belong to christ you are the true children of abraham you are his heirs and God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. 
most people do not understand being redeemed. They don't know what the curse is. Uh-huh. I mean, they read that and they know, you know, okay, I was redeemed from the curse, but they have no idea what the curse is. So today we're going to talk about that. Okay. If we're redeemed from something, then we're redeemed to something. I remember giving that example of a, a um, pawnbroker. Somebody goes and pawns their wedding ring because they need money. Yeah. They have a ticket. And when they have the money to fulfill the ticket plus the interest, they go back to the pawnbroker and they hand in the ticket with the money and they get the ring back. Jesus redeemed us from the curse. So for those who don't know where the curse is, the curse is listed in Deuteronomy 28. So go to Deuteronomy 28 for me, please. Now, I should say that Deuteronomy 28 is a really long chapter, not as long as uh, Psalm 119, but it's pretty long. And Deuteronomy 28, starting at verse 1 to (laughs) verse 13, um, uh, yes, 13 is the blessing. We're redeemed from the curse to the blessing because of what Jesus did on the cross. Mm -hmm. So the first 13 verses is the blessing. From verse 14 all the way to the end of Deuteronomy 28, which is um, verse 68, is all the curse. Right. The curse includes emeralds, which are tumors, homelessness, um, famine, pestilence, um, every sickness and every disease. And it even says in Deuteronomy 20, every sickness and every disease it under the, is under the curse. Poverty, lack, divorce, lost children, children that go off in somewhere and you never see them again. They take off and you, and you don't know where they are. Being in jail being, or being imprisoned, all of that is under the curse. Right. If we are redeemed from the curse as believers, then why are we accepting those things in our lives? Mm, exactly. I like that. I mean, we shouldn't be doing that. We shouldn't even entertain. Right. Divorce <laughs> is under the curse. In the curse around the, verse 30, it talks about a husband looking, looking out for another, trying to find another woman. Yeah. So the blessing, which is what we're, we have because of what Jesus did, we received Jesus when we received Jesus as Lord and Savior. We also received his sacrifice, which means we are under the blessing. Starting at verse 1. And it shall come to pass, if you shall hearken diligently to the voice of the Lord your God and observe to do all his commandments which I command you to stay, that the Lord your God will set you on high above all nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come on you and overtake you if you shall hearken to the voice of the Lord your God. Bless you be in the city, bless you be in the field, bless you be the fruit of your body, the fruit of your ground, the fruit of your cattle, the increase of your kind, the flocks of your sheep. Bless you be your basket and your store. In other words, your what's your your wallet and your and your bank account. Mm-hmm. Bless you be when you uh, when you go in and bless you be when you go out. 
The Lord shall cause your enemies that rise up against you to be smitten before your face. They shall come out against you one, uh, one way and flee before you seven ways. The Lord shall command the blessing upon you in your storehouses, your bank accounts, and in all that you set your hand unto, and you shall bless you in the land the Lord your God gives you. The Lord shall establish you a holy people unto himself, as he sworn unto you, if you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways. And all people of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of you. The Lord shall make you plenteous and goods, and the fruit of your body, and the fruit of your cattle, and the fruit of your ground, the land which the Lord swear unto your fathers to give you. The Lord shall open unto you the good, his good treasure to give you rain in your land in this season, and to bless all the work of your hand. You shall lend unto many nations, and you shall not borrow. The Lord shall make you the head and not the tail. You shall be above only and not beneath. If you hearken to the commandments of the Lord your God, which are commanded you this day, to observe and to do them. So he's telling you, listen to what I say. Observe them or pay attention and then do them. All right. Now, is there anything in there in those 13 verses that's not covered in the blessing? Absolutely not. It's covered. And yet, there are so many Christians living far below the blessing. Exactly. It's there, but you have to know how to activate it. Right. And that's what we're going to be talking about. I don't think we're going to get done with this today. I think we're going to have to have another, at least one more session because it's a huge subject. But I'm realizing from things that happened in the last, a lot of people that have no idea. Yes. <clears throat> that's right. We need to... Like you said, we need to get back to the basics, you know, like any, any sports figure, you know, you have to learn the fundamentals, right? You know, the sport. So we're in that time where we're learning, figuring out more often, especially now that we're where we are spiritually, um, just how actually understand the basics of the word, how to apply it. Mm-hmm. How, how to how to gain victory in their situations in their in their lives. So if you they, don't know those things, you're not going to be successful at all. At all, that's right. So it's it's time to to get back to the basics, as you said, and start really learning what we're how to do these things. Yeah. And it's the not thing, hard. It's not hard. The thing of it is, is that the way so many people have been taught, it's like a mystery. Yeah, and nobody seems to know how to do it, but the word tells you how to do it. Right. It's a mat- It's a matter of understanding how to apply the word. It's one thing to read it every day. There are people that I know that, and you do too, that read the Bible every day. But reading it alone is not enough. You right. have to know how to take what you've read and apply it to your life. Exactly. That's when the, the difference occurs. That's when the changes happen is when you're applying those those principles to your right. life. And I don't think it's it's taught how how to do that Mm-mm. in the churches, how to take the word and apply it to your situation, to your life. You know, it's it's not being taught. They just get up there. A lot of pastors that I see anymore um and have for for decades, you know, they just get up there and they they take a passage and they'll they'll read it and they'll make a story out of it and 
and whatever, but they don't teach people how it applies to their lives. Correct. And how, to, how to use the word in order to, you know, overcome. So it, it, it is a, it, it is a manual. It is like, like a, an owner's manual of a, of a brand new car mm-hmm. or the owner's manual of a new um, iPhone or iPad. Right. Gives you all the instructions you need. And it's, and it does far more than an iPhone, an iPad or a brand new car could do for you because it covers everything. It does. All six areas of redemption. When we, when Christ redeemed us from the curse, he redeemed us spirit, soul, body, financially, socially, and intellectually. That's right. And it takes diligence. I know people don't like that word, but it takes diligence to be able to keep the pressure against the enemy's plans so that you can walk in the blessing in all of those areas at once. Mm -hmm. Almost always throughout my walk with the Lord, the Mm -hmm. enemy, you you may walk around, may walk for, you know, two or three weeks or maybe six months where everything's going the way it needs to go. And then a ringer in there. Right. So now at least one area of redemption is being attacked. Right. And there's that those six areas, but maybe you're only walking in five of them or four of them right now because of something the enemy did. Mm-hmm. Well, you have to know how to get out of that situation. Amen. And even better, the next level above that is learning how to walk in this consistently so the enemy can't get in at all. Right. That's true. That's a a great place to be. It's not, it's not, doesn't happen overnight, but it is definitely doable. It is. And once again, like you said, you know, it, it takes diligence to do that. But after a while, it just, it just becomes so natural and so second nature that, you know, when things start to come against you, the first thing that pops into your mind is the word of God. Right. And then you just start applying it to that situation. And it's, that's a great place to be because I used to not be there myself. I, you know, there was a time that when I wasn't either, but it's really nice to know that the Holy Spirit, because of that word you feed in your spirit, the Holy Spirit will bring to remembrance a scripture you need for that very moment. Right. And I was watching, I was telling Brian, I was watching what ministry it was, but they're doing some things where they're visiting a number of trying trying to bring the blessing into these cities that are, have been so hard hit with the economy and the COVID and all of that. And they had some, some clips of what of their visiting one of the cities it might have been detroit that's kind of what i'm remembering is it was detroit but there was there was a gentleman that was praying for some people in a car and i i'm very certain that he was not part of the ministry's probably because they can get local churches to to help them do the ministry when they're there in that city and this man was God bless him, but he was in, he was praying over this family and he says, Lord, just touch him. 
please touch him, Lord. And I, and I said to Brian, I said, what does that mean? Sounds good. Mm-hmm. Does it mean that God takes his, his index finger and, and, and touches him like the Pillsbury, Pillsbury Doughboy? What does that mean? <laughs> oh, goodness. <clears throat> I mean, really, what does that Tell me. If you know what that means, tell me what. No, I, I have no idea what that means. Yeah. I think we have an interpretation of what it means or what we think it means. But yeah, but what does it mean? I mean, a touch can be very different. A touch that you give your dog when the dog pees on the floor and knows better is mm-hmm. different than the touch you give to your, your baby when your baby's got a tummy ache and you're picking your baby up. Those are both touches. Right. But they're completely- yeah. I think what, just my interpretation of what people believe it means is when the Lord touches you that there is some kind, there's a miracle that happens or there is a healing that happens or there is something that happens within that person that changes the circumstance. I think that's the applicable uh, way of interpreting that, the way that people see it when they say Lord touched him. Um, but, you know, still, there's there's no real biblical scripture that comes to mind for me that, unless it does for you, I don't, I don't know. But as far as, you know, I, I don't recall any scripture where they said, just Lord touched him, <laughs> you know. So there's, okay, there's... And, and while you were talking, the Lord quickened to Luke 8. So go to Luke 8 for a minute. Luke 8. Okay. And this is the story of Jairus and the woman with the issue of blood. Uh-huh. Starting at verse 43. And a woman having a, an issue of blood 12 years, which had spent all of her living upon physicians, neither could be healed of any came behind him and touched the border of his garment, and immediately her issue of blood was staunched. And Jesus said, who touched me? When all denied, Peter and they that were with him said, Master, the multitude throng you and press you, and you say, who touched me? Jesus said, somebody has touched me, for I perceive that virtue has gone out of me. Mm -hmm. Who was the one who touched him. The woman who had the faith. Right. But but he didn't say, I touched somebody. He said, somebody touched me. I perceive that virtue has gone out of me. In other words, the anointing has left me. Right. And then just to make it very clear what I'm getting at. When the, and when the woman saw that she was not hid, she came trembling and falling down before him. She d- declared unto him before all the people, uh, before all the people, for what cause she had touched him, and immediately, and how she was healed immediately. And he said unto her, "Daughter, be of good comfort. Your faith has made you whole. Go in peace." Yes. He didn't say, "My anointing made you whole." No. It did, but he didn't say that. He said, your faith. Right. Because that's what it takes to activate. Correct. Anointing. 
when faith and anointing get together, that's when the miracle happens. Exactly. So having the Lord touch you doesn't do anything unless there's faith to draw that anointing from that touch. Right. And if there's no, if the person or touch me, touch them, and they don't know anything about the word or very little, Mm -hmm. they don't have any faith to act. That doesn't going to, isn't going to bring faith to activate the anointing. Right. Because the only thing that's mentioned in the word that the Lord quickened me to when you were talking about it is that, that scripture there. Right. And that's what I was in a sense trying to get at is that, you know, without our faith, it takes our faith. Right. Because like Jesus said, we are, we are, but it, like it says in verse 48, right there, your faith has made you well. Your right. faith. Right. I can partner with you in faith. I can join my faith with yours. But I still need your faith too. Right. You know, we still have to have, we both have to have faith. My faith may be greater. My faith may be stronger. But we're joining our faith together. Right. <clears throat> you know what it makes me think of? Um, I... I was married to someone who was, who was really good at carpentry and mm-hmm. he would use every once in a while, he would need to, to, to blend some epoxy. And the stuff he used was in a bottle that had a, a divider in the middle of it. Yeah. Because once you put those two elements together, mm-hmm. you better stick it fast. Right. <laughs> And that's why the bottle had the had the divider in the middle of it, because you could if you could not mix that ahead of time and then go to use it ten minutes later and expect it to actually pour out of the bottle. Right. That was not happening. And that's what the anointing and faith does. It's like the epoxy. Because the minute right. it hits, that's when the when the results come. <clears throat> exactly. Now, sometimes the results don't activate or don't manifest that instant, but it's it's a done deal once it once it mixes. Right. Amen to that. But too many people don't know that you're not just supposed to just read the word. You're supposed to use the word as a sword. The armor of God talks about the sword of the spirit, mm-hmm. which is the word of God. Right. It says that. Right. So when you're, when you are dealing with whatever you're dealing with, using the word of God does a couple of things. Number one, you're putting yourself in agreement with God. Mm-hmm. You're agreeing that what his word says, just because your body doesn't feel up to par, that doesn't yeah, the fact, but it's not the truth. The truth right. is, by His stripes you were healed. Right. Past tense. Past tense. Right. So when you when you use that word and say, you know, body, you're not lining up, but I don't care what you say. What I say is that by His stripes I was healed. Uh huh. Now you're applying the word 
to a natural situation and your body will line up. Right. And you know that I was going through some physical things a few weeks ago. Right. And Brian didn't, I didn't tell anybody you knew about it because of what I was doing, because we were trying to do other things. And I said, you know, this is I'm not up to, I'm not up to where I need to be. And that's very unusual for me. I told you that was extremely unusual for me to have anything, you know, keep the symptoms keep being there when I was using my faith. Mm -hmm. Yeah, taking some minerals and some vitamins that I take and doubling up on a couple of them to build my immune system and using my faith. Yeah. When all that was done, I was talking to Brian on the phone and I mentioned that I had been dealing with some symptoms and he asked me a couple of questions. I said, no, I didn't have that. No, I didn't have that. And he came back a couple of days later and he said, you know, I've been thinking about that. He says, I really think that you actually did get this and I won't name the name, but you can figure it out. Yeah. And I said, but I didn't have the symptoms that, you know, I didn't lose my taste and didn't lose my sense of smell. He says, not everybody does. Right. I said, well, it didn't stick on me very long and it didn't, it didn't stay. Right. But I was doing triple the amount of Echinacea Golden Seal that I do on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. And you know that you had told me about the way to stop the cough. Yeah. And that I did that for a few days and that worked. Awesome. So, but, you know, I said, I, like I told you and I told him the same thing. I don't have things hang on like this. And that's when you came back and said, yeah. I know you don't. And I think that's what you, that's what you actually was, you were dealing with. I said, well, it's gone now <laughs> and it's <laughs> not coming back. That's right. According to Nahum 1.9, what you that's imagine right. is the Lord, he'll make another end. Affliction will not rise up the second time. Amen. And that it, you're right. We talked about this before the podcast started. That is an excellent scripture for healing but it's also an excellent scripture for having a financial crisis or having mm -hmm. a family crisis or you know it doesn't really matter because you're saying mm -mm, this is where the line is drawn Satan you don't cross this line that's right <clears throat> you're putting that line in the spirit realm and he sees that line because it's the, it's the word of God and it's the bloodline that you're putting Right. It just occurred to me, I, I need to apply that scripture to some of the things that the past week. And, and, tr and those something... things have been from, from long ago and they've been hanging on for, for decades. Yeah. And it's time for them to go and let go of you and go and never come back. That's right. Amen. You haven't talked to me about that, just so people know. She has not talked to me about this. I've just been aware of it in the spirit. Yeah, there's been a lot, a lot going on spiritually this past um, two weeks. But this, uh, for this past week, beginning Saturday, a week ago yesterday. No, we could go today. Today is Saturday, isn't it? Okay, yeah, so it's, it started. A, yeah, it started a week ago today. And it has been a battle ever since. Mm -hmm. But I have, I refuse 
I refuse to give the enemy a foothold. He's not going to defeat me in this area because I have the victory. Mm-hmm. And you're and not letting go of it. I'm not letting go of it. And that one particular area of my life that he always tries to sneak in on and that one person he always tries to use against me. Uh, you know, this in- involves that individual too, but we're not, I'm not, we're not doing it anymore after this. I- mm-hmm. I'm done with it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, Do you know, biblically, the number eight is a new beginning? Uh-huh. Do you know that today is the eighth day? Wow. I did that just, yeah. Amen. Praise God. I received that. I'll tell you that. Amen. The Lord quickened me to tell you that. <laughs> Since it started last Saturday, today's the eighth day. Today's the eighth day. Well, I received my new beginnings right now in the name of Jesus. Yep. I'm not, de- I'm not dealing with this ever again. We're not doing this anymore, ever. Nope. So. Nope. You've traveled that road too many times. You've too been many. Around that, you've been around that mountain so many, so many times. The mountain should have a big depression in it. At where you've been <laughs> around it. That's right. Yeah, but enough is enough. It is. This is why people are getting weary. Because they're not understanding. They already have the victory. All they have to do Jesus paid the price. They don't have to pay the price. All they have to do is enforce it with the word. Right. And this thing that brought it to my attention when the Lord said, you're going to talk about going back to the basics was something that Brian was dealing with, with some friends. And he realized that they were not equipped the way that we just assume everybody's equipped. Right. And it's, you know, there, there are some pastors that are going to really have to answer for what they've done. There's mm-hmm. some pastors that are going to have to stand before God and answer for it because. <clears throat> yeah. You, they, people have to know these things. It's no longer a maybe I will, maybe I won't kind of a situation. I don't, maybe I feel like it today. Okay, today I feel like I'll, I can fight. Okay, tomorrow, maybe not so much. No, there's no more of that. There's no more time for that. That time is over. Yeah. From what we've seen in the natural (laughs) over the last couple of years, Satan is out to destroy everyone. Oh, yeah. And it's been relentless. Absolutely. And the only reason we've dealt with as much as we've dealt with, as long as we've dealt with, is because people keep caving in. Mm Mm-hmm. If you know, if you're a prize fighter and you already know the battle's already won, you've already won the the fight. Why are you going to cave in? Right. You've already won the prize money, and now you're going to sit down and go, "Okay, you can have the money to the to the contender." No. Man, we are more than conquerors. That's right. Through him who loved us. <clears throat> Amen to that. So knowing the, the very first step is knowing you're redeemed from the curse. Mm-hmm. I would tell anybody who heard this for the first time in this podcast, when this podcast is over, open up Galatians 3, 13, 14, and 29. Put your hand there. Put a marker there. 
and then go to Deuteronomy 28 and start reading the curses. And every time from verse 14 to 68, you run across something that Satan's tried to do in your own life. Then read Galatians 3, 13, 14, and 29 and say, no, but I've been redeemed from the curse. Amen. This is under the curse. <laughs> this thing I've been dealing with is under the curse. And I am redeemed. Amen. Amen. You'll be shocked. Anyone who's never done that, you'll be shocked at how much you've dealt with in your life that is actually under the curse. Yeah. Homeland, homelessness is under the curse. That's right. On top of all the other things I mentioned earlier. That's right. I don't think a lot of people really under even understand what all the curses are. You know, right. they've never taken the time to either read it or study it or learn it. They, you know, it, what it boils down to is if it's not blessed by God, it's under the curse. Right. Debt is under the curse. It is. And you can't tell me that the debt that people have been weighed down with, I mean, people have committed suicide over the fact that they lost all their money. Uh-huh. When all they had to do was understand that it's under the curse. Amen. Blindness is under the curse. Madness is under the curse. Itch is under the curse. Verse 30. You shall betroth a wife and another man shall lie with her. You shall build a house and you shall not dwell therein. You shall, have, you shall plant a vineyard and you shall not gather its grapes. Sounds like com complete failure to me. Right. And that's just one verse. <laughs> that's verse 30. Yeah. Deuteronomy 28, verse 30. We have to understand who we are. Exactly. We have to understand that, that Hollywood has portrayed the devil as being too big for us to overcome. That's true. But he's not what they portray him as. Mm -mm. His powers were stripped from him when Jesus went to hell and paid the price. And Jesus took the keys of hell and death and ascended to heaven. Right. He no longer has the keys of hell and death. He can no longer hold us back. If we don't agree with him. That's right. You either are going to agree with the devil and get his results, or you're going to agree with God and get his results. Amen. So let me ask you, Cheryl, because I know you know the answer to this, and I'm not trying to put you on the spot, but <laughs> if you're dealing with something that is, say, financial, what kind of scripture are you going to look for? Financial scriptures. If you're standing, if you're dealing with something that's that's um, attacking your body, your your health, what are mm -hmm. you going to look up? Healing scriptures. If you're dealing with a family issue where relationships are trying to be torn asunder, what are you going to look up? Uh, scriptures regarding relationships. Every answer is in the book. Mm -hmm. Life is a test. 
but it's an open book test. Amen. Amen. All you have to do is open the book. Yeah. And if you don't have a concordance or your Bible doesn't have a really good concordance, you know, I know that this is really going to be earth shaking for some people, but there is a thing called the internet. (laughs) And even, even with Google, which I despise, you can go right put in healing scriptures and pull up pages of healing yeah yeah you can you don't have to know the bible in inside and out and search (laughs) it out you can but you don't have to spend all those hours searching out each individual scripture with a bible open you can go to google and find those scriptures and then go to your bible and mark them yeah it's not hard. It's not. God is not unjust. He doesn't make it so hard that nobody can do it. He makes it hard enough that the devil can't get in and mess it up if you do it the right way. Right. You have to be very careful, too, about that because, you you know, all the devil needs is a crack. Exactly. And he's looking for one. Constantly looking for one. Mm-hmm. And he's going to try to trip you up to give him one. Right. So you have to be very, very mindful. That's why the word says be sober, be vigilant. Yeah. And one one of the easiest ways that he trips people up is getting them out off the love line. Yeah. That's a big one. Strife. Um, offense, arrogance, mm-hmm. pride, it's all connected to the love walk. Right. Why do we have so many people now that are victims and get offended at the least little thing? Why? Because he wants control. Mm-hmm. Those people, even if they're Christians, are no threat to him. Right. The one that's a threat to him is the one that refuses to get involved with that. Right. I know I've said this before in the past, but when my kids were little, I always told them, it takes two to argue, one to start up, one to help. Which are you? Right. And the two of them be at it, and I'd say, okay, which one of you started it? And they both point at each other. I said, well, then if, if, you're, if she started it, then you're the, you're the one that helped her. If you started, then she's the one that helped you. Right. Because you can't argue by yourself. <laughs> That's true. People try to do it all the time. And the people that stand firm and won't allow themselves to be dragged into that, they're the ones that will be the overcomers. They're the ones that their faith will work unhindered. Right. I know we've talked about Second Timothy 2 more than once. Mm-hmm. Where it talks about the servant of the Lord must not strive. Because if you if you get in strife, Satan will take you captive at his will. That's right. He's hard enough to deal with. I don't want him taking me captive and making me and doing whatever he wants with me. No, oh, amen. He's hard enough to deal with.
That's right. But that's what this is. That's what this whole podcast is about: is how teaching people how to defeat the darkness. Right. They. It is not something you can't defeat. Right. The word of God is given to you to do that. If you use your sword skillfully, you can cut him up one side and down the other. Amen to that. Good. But we also have a choice. It's a choice to not either to not. We've said this before. We've talked about this many times. You know, the choice to not be offended. Correct. The choice to not get into strife. You know, simply by saying, you know, I refuse to get and into, that's, and that's stronger than will not. Saying right. saying it that way is so much stronger than saying I will not. I can't tell you how many times this week I said that I refuse, you know, to get upset over the situation. I refuse to get, you know, into strife. I refuse to to, you know, be angry and give the devil a foothold. I said that a lot this past week. I refuse. Well, and you have to keep saying it until he understands that you mean it. That's right. I'm looking for the wrong chapter in James where it talks about oh here I found it. It's what I was in the wrong chapter in James. James four. starting at verse six, but he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. So many people read that as resist the devil and he will flee. They forget the part about submitting to God. Mm -hmm. But you have to submit first. Yeah. And the way you submit to God and then resist the devil and he flees is by submitting to his word. If he says I'm healed, then I don't care what my body does. I'm healed. Mm -hmm. And my body's going to have to line up with that scripture that says I was healed. That's if right. he says I'm blessed, then I don't care what it looks like. I'm blessed. Mm-hmm. And once I've submitted to God and agreed with him, then I can say, devil, you, the word says, if I submit to God and resist you, you have to flee. So go. <laughs> Amen. Because <clears throat> he has easy to that is. Say that again. Let's see how easy that is. It really is. I've had people tell me, and I know it, it was meant as a mocking thing, because they, they'll say to me, you just take the word so literally. And I tell them, yeah, I bet you bet I do. Because that's how it works. Mm -hmm. The more literally you take it, the better it works for you. That's right. Because the enemy doesn't want you to take it literally. He takes it literally. But he doesn't want you to take it literally because then you'll do it and then he'll be defeated again. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> he, he's, he hates losing. So he's going to do everything he can to, to have you, you know, not follow the way the word says to follow it. Right. 
but he's already lost. That's what's so great about it. Well, he already has, but the thing of it is, is when people don't understand that he's already lost and all you're mm-hmm. doing is preventing him from taking ground back because yeah. he's already lost it. It's a, there's a huge difference between trying to gain ground against him versus mm-hmm. he's got ground that belongs to me, so I'm taking it back. That's a whole different issue. Right. And that's what people don't understand. True. But there's hope because we're going back to the basics. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to go ahead and, and I think we're going to unhook here. Um, as a reminder, you can go to vivianlmiller.com. There are free resources there. There are things that you can do to enhance what God has already given us. I had some, I heard somebody preach recently and they said, but Lord, that's not in the Bible. And the Lord responded, there's a lot of things that are in the Bible, but they're true. Amen. That's right. So you can go to vivianlmiller.com and take advantage of free resources. You can buy my books there. If you have a question, you can, you can use the chat. One of us and we'll get back to you. But until next time, walk in faith, walk in victory, refuse to give the enemy any place, stand firm, and defeat the darkness. <laughs>